Wait, don't skip this episode just yet. Yes, it was published on Thanksgiving, and yes, I may say Thanksgiving a few more times throughout the episode. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. But I promise you, the episode is evergreen. Welcome to the Uniformed Reality Podcast. Police officers sharing their stories. This is their reality. Welcome to the Uniformed Reality Podcast. My name is Blake Page, and I'm a police officer for one of the largest police departments in America. The Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department has graciously allowed me to run this here podcast so my work family can share a reality that's nowhere as uniform as you may think. I mentioned in a previous episode that I intend to release a brand new episode every second and fourth Thursday of every single month. And when I said that, it did not occur to me that Thanksgiving falls on the fourth Thursday of every November. So to show you how dedicated I am, here you go. If you would only do me one favor, mention the uniformed reality to your family and friends as you enjoy your time with them this Thanksgiving. That being said... I'm flattered you're spending your time to listen, but please put this episode aside while you're with the family and enjoy whatever it is that you do during these festivities. Talking about family, I want to give a brief but huge shout out to our public safety professionals across our nation, whether you're police, medic, and yes, even the fire department who miss their family's Thanksgiving Day meals to protect their communities. If you ever need proof that there's heart within those who serve, Just look at what they sacrifice. Speaking of sacrifice, the guest for today's episode has to spend every single day with me. The only break he has from me is when I step out to record these podcasts, so he's sacrificing his break from me to share with you. And I'm actually shocked I've been able to say this much without being interrupted because he does seem to have a knack for sharing his insight which most of the time takes the form of a carefully executed quip. Anyway, if you follow us on social media, you may know him as Tommy One Take. Others may know him as... Wait, good try. I can't reveal a mascot's identity. We'll just call him Officer Tom Hildebrand. Tom, thanks for joining us. Hey, Blake, how's it going? Thanks for having me. (laughs) We've actually worked together for several years now, but I don't think I've ever during our time working together, asked you how you entered the law enforcement profession. How'd you pick that up? You know, law enforcement was just something I always wanted to do. You know, you always have those dreams as, as a little kid to be, you know, a first responder, whether it be, you know, police officer, fireman, something like that. And so, Fireman? Yeah. People want to do that? Yeah, oh. A few, a few. And then they get smarter <laughs> and realize, you know, to come to the, the, the good side. There we go. Um, so, yeah, so it was just always, you know, in my head. And then I realized as I got older, hey, this is something I really can do. You know, I remember growing up, my grandfather coming to me and, you know, knew when I wanted to be a cop, asked me, hey, if you pulled me over, would you give me a ticket? And I'd be like, Grandpa, if you broke the law, yes, I would, you know. So as I got older, realized there's something I could do, and, and, and here I am 14 years later. Well, in our agency, the first stop after the police academy is actually patrol being on the road. And after a few years, many people end up finding their niche. And you are currently in a very unique position, especially for a police officer. Tell us about it. Yep. So currently work in the public affairs office uh, with you. Um, I like to tell people that I think that this is the one position in our department that is unlike law enforcement, any role, but it's vital just the same. So. Yeah, it's definitely much different than what you would think of when you think police officer. How do you go from being a police officer to going to PR work? 
great question. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it's just over time, you know, you build that rapport, um, you build that confidence and, and just the ability to talk with people. And this is no different. You know, we're just talking to the media um, than we are the general public. Yeah, I think one one really big difficulty for me, especially coming over to where I am now, is the the fear of the camera. I hated the camera. I still hate the camera. But there is a, a need to tell our story because if we don't tell our story, someone else will. I jabbed at you earlier at your always providing insight, but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, one thing that I really respect about you is the fact that you love to pour yourself into people and help develop them. And there's different ways that you've done that throughout your career. Before you started PR work, you actually spent time training rookies coming out of the police academy. That's a pretty big responsibility. Yeah. So, um, I spent about eight years as a patrol training officer. Um, the reason I started it is really because I want to know who my backup was and I wanted to make sure that they were properly trained. So, you know, I took that very personally um, when someone's ride with me to, to make them, you know, a, a good officer. I think to be a good mentor, um, you really have to put your ego aside and you have to want to make them better than you. Hmm. Since you moved from patrol to a specialized position, obviously you're not able to do uh, the patrol training officer, real police work, right? Real, poli yeah. <laughs> real police work. So you've spent a lot of your time investing into me. No, <laughs> you actually still invest your time into helping develop younger officers, and you actually teach at the academy. What is it you teach out there? Yeah, so I teach uh, report writing, probably the least exciting um, classes that they have in the academy. But I think it's also one of the one of the most important because if you look at what will they do the most of in their career, it's report writing. And I'll tell them, you show up in day one, you never know who's going to be reading your first report. It could be making its way all the way up to, to the chief. And when you write a report, that's what people know you by, and that's a first impression. It's not only the thing people know you by inside the department, but it also really sure. helps prepare you for making sure that those folks that did commit crimes actually do wind up being held responsible for their actions. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of different levels to that, you know, just in doing a good investigation, but also um, representing yourself. Yeah, well, getting away from the doldrums of report writing, because you're right, it is absolutely my least favorite part of the job. You said enough about that. Yeah. So. <laughs> the most fun part about patrol for me was traffic enforcement, especially DWIs. And my full why is, that's another episode down the road, but part of my why is because all too often I've seen the tragic consequences of a momentary lapse of judgment. And by nature of our professions, cops can sometimes get an unhealthy dose of the worst life has to offer. And even with the proper outlet, these experiences can easily grow overwhelming. But earlier I used the word family to describe those I work with. And we're family in almost every sense of the word. Family is there for support. And yes, family can get under your skin, but that's because they know you and understand you the most. They've shared similar experiences, similar values, and have lived similar challenges. We've got this program in our department called Peer Support that kind of touches on that concept. Tom, you're part of Peer Support. Give us a rundown. What is Peer Support and when do y'all, when are y'all used? You know, I think Peer Support is exactly what it sounds like. You're there to support your peer. Um, and, and it has a, a couple different looks to it. You know, obviously when you're on work and officers are involved in a situation that can be completely 
stressful or, you know, cause a lot of angst, you know, we'll, we'll respond to those scenes. So whether it be an officer involved accident or an incident or, or even just witnessing something. Um, the other night I, I got a call that four officers were involved in, you know, an incident at work and it was just very traumatic experience for them. Um, just what they witnessed, you know, they didn't even do anything. It's just what they witnessed. And so we responded out there just to talk with them. And, it, you know, it's not about what happened or anything like that. It's just, hey, do you have any needs right now? You know, is there anything I can do for you? And just supporting one another um, in that aspect. I think a lot of times we experience things at work that we, we don't want to talk about when we get home. We don't want to share with our wives. We don't want to share with anyone else. And we just kind of eat that stuff. And that's a problem, you know, and that's when, you know, people start having other symptoms and issues because they don't have those proper outlets. I think a lot of times, and this goes for everyone, sometimes it's hard to know where to start, you know, especially with cops. We tend to be very close to the chest, even internally. You know, we can't let someone else know that we might be struggling a little bit. We might be facing challenges of our own at home, even at work. How do you start a conversation with somebody that, you know, that for me is one of the most difficult things trying to start a conversation that's meaningful and not just superficial. Yeah, I think the best thing you can really do is just listen. Active listening is so important in what we do, where I think as humans, we naturally want to be the one talking, where a lot of times when we we talk, we're we're missing out on what someone has, you know, wants to say, you know, (laughs) as cops and even as, as men here, we're, we're fixers. We want to fix a problem. And so my wife will start telling me about something and I'll immediately want, you know, try to solve the problem. But when I do that, I stop listening. So we have this thing now where when she wants me just to listen, she'll tell me beforehand, Hey, I just want you to listen. And then I know just to sit there and listen, don't try to fix her problem. But that's helpful to me where, you know, it's a difficult thing. It's something that, you know, is really difficult to master. But active listening is really the best way that we can help someone. That is fantastic marital advice. I'm going to have to write that down and take that home with me. Hey, bonus, those listening just got marital advice. And here you thought you were going to hear about just law enforcement. You know, I can attest to some of this active listening that you're talking about. I've got this habit of liking to talk and hearing myself talk. And sometimes it's just I'm sitting at the computer and talking. I've actually seen Tom here in action. He's been incredible. This peer support, it's not only for those times when we're going through a very stressful situation at work. Sometimes it's just, you know, work has a tendency, no matter where you are, to sometimes weigh on you. And sometimes you just need to talk it out. And Tom has been incredible. And he's just sat there and listened to me go on and on and on about whatever it is that was frustrating me at the time. And he talked me through it. And a lot of peer support is that. Go into that. Yeah. Peer support is just not for those on-the-job related incidents. You know, it it could be as simple as, hey, you know, I'm having some marital issues. Hey, we're having some issues with our kids. You know, Um, officers, you know, bankruptcy, you know, financial issues, anything like that. Any Cops are real people. They have real-world problems that everyone else does. And so we can't ignore that. And so, you know, I've gotten calls before just, hey, Someone is going through something with their wife and just needs something to talk through. It's as simple as that. Just being that ear, being that support, and, and pointing them in the right directions. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not, you know, clinically certified to solve all your problems. But what I can do is just be an ear to listen and, and give you those proper resources to point you in that right direction. You know, being intentional when you're listening, it takes a lot of hard work. And, and you've got to have a passion for it. Why do you do it? I think you just want people to know that they're not alone. 
you just, you know, I think we've all been through those times where you're just like, oh, I just wish I had someone to talk to. I just wish I knew someone was, you know, on my side, in my corner. And it's as simple as that. It's as simple as just letting people know that you're not alone. Someone is on your side. Someone is in your corner. And they may not be ready for help in that moment. But it's important to let them know that when they are ready for help and they do want to talk to someone, you're there for them. Hmm. My mom battled severe depression for 10 years, and she now uses her experiences to support others going through crisis. A lot of times our own life experiences help equip us to help others and also help us connect with others. Obviously, being a work family helps, but in difficult times of your life, being able to make that connection is very important. Are there any experiences in your life that you were like that you can look back to and use for context when you're helping helping other people. Are you asking me to air my dirty laundry right now? I did kind of put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think there's always experiences in, in life that we can use. Um, I think our failures are what make us great. And what I mean by that is that when you learn from your mistakes, you're better off for it. And so, yes, in my own life, there are, there are you know, instances where um, I have failed or I struggle with things. And I do have those experiences that I can rely on. What do you dip into when you need that help? You know, I mean, the biggest thing for me is, is my faith. Um, you know, I, I always fall back to that and, and knowing, you know, um, what, what God has for me. Um, and, and it's also having that close support group. Um, I, I'm a big proponent of life is better in community. You know, life is better in those, in those small circles. Um, you know, we often talk about, as a cop, it's important to have friends that aren't cops. You know, one thing I think is important is for for everyone, everyone should have a mentor and everyone should have a mentee. And by that, I have someone I can go to that, you know, when I'm having a difficult time or when I just need to talk through something, I can go to them. It's a good friend of mine. And we can hash that out. But at the same point, I have people um, that come to me for those same kind of questions and I pass on my my wisdom t- to them like you little Padawan <laughs> pass your wisdom Nibby sir <laughs> uh, so no matter what profession uh, you find yourself in we can all get stressed out at times and having a good de-stressor is hey, a great way to get away from some of the the heartaches of stuff at work what's some of the ways you use to de-stress I like to work out um, you know if, if I have that. I feel that need, that urgency to work out five times a week, and if I don't do that, then I, I don't feel right. I remember when I worked first shift um, hours, where I would work out after I finished up work, and it, it was so bad that my wife, when I got home, she could tell when I didn't work out. You know, just because of my demeanor or I was short with her or something like that. So you know, working out for me is just that way to kind of de-stress. So when you missed that workout though, and you went home and you started, you know, talking with your wife, she noticed you were a little bit more irritable than normal. Did she send you out to the barn? <laughs> so we, we don't quite have a barn. Yeah. We, we, we do have some, some animals and, you know, I guess I'm living the, the country life, but, um, the, the animals are, are more of a stressor to me than a de-stressor. So <laughs> those are definitely her things. Yeah, Tom and I have this working relationship. It's it's a give and take. I give him cartons of empty eggs, and he returns somehow with full cartons of 
eggs. It's so like a, it's like a magic trick. <laughs> it is a magic trick. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so working out is kind of a, a cop answer to de-stressing. Do you have any non-cop answers to de-stressing? Because <laughs> uh, I know of one. If, if you're not if you're not going to bring it up, I'm going to bring it up. I, I want to hear you say it. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So uh, a little bird told me that you you dabble in Rocket League, maybe a little bit. Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. So I mean. Video games is probably that one thing for me that I do once a week. You know, um, my brother lives in New York, and we'll get together online once a week, and we'll play some some Madden or some Rocket League, um, just to kind of de-stress and forget about everything else. Although sometimes when you suck at those games, you know, it causes more more stress. <laughs> you know, I definitely agree with that. You know, the, I'm busting his chops for it, but I personally, I, I do the same thing. I I play with my brother. He he lives in Virginia. I play with my brother uh, once a week on Rocket League. Um, for those seeking some uh some game time with officer tom hildebrand what's your what's your epic gamer tag <laughs> that, that is classified they're classified they're, all right they're on a need to know basis and right now they don't need to know that okay <laughs> well one thing that i do think everybody needs to be able to hear is you know as we get into the season of giving and and blessing others maybe give a little bit of safety tips you know some uh, tips to avoid getting your stuff stolen that you were going to try and bless someone like that console with rocket league right it might come with maybe tom's gamer tag i don't know tom care to share any of your insight here yeah you know i think exterior you know lights are a great thing for your house so you know you should just put as many christmas lights on your house as you can mm. you know and uh, then your house be well lit and, and, and no worries about anyone trying to break in oh, that's a good idea <laughs> Uh, also, one other tip that I think would be exceptionally beneficial, and this is the most important of them all. So listen closely. When you're gone from home, play the Uniformed Reality podcast on your TV. It'll sound like someone is home, and worst case scenario, uninvited guests will catch a reality nowhere as uniform as they expected. Yeah, and you'll hear two cops talking in the background, so that really scared them. <laughs> Seriously, Tom, thanks for joining us today. And uh, everybody listening, hope you had a phenomenal Thanksgiving. And we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.